Today's episode of the Open Pantry Podcast is brought to you by me, Sean from Open Pantry Consulting. Make sure if you're opening a restaurant or starting to scale your restaurant that you come and check out what I'm doing at openpantryconsulting.com. Everything around operations analysis, recruitment, or data analytics. Everything to get your restaurant, cafe, or bakery on the better side of this crisis. Let's keep going with the show. Welcome to another podcast, but before we get into it, I really want to talk to you about Restoke, which is a revolutionary back-of-house automation platform, which is purpose-built for hospitality and developed with one core belief in mind, that is that time is a business owner's most valuable asset and it should be reclaimed using tech and data. And you know how much we've been talking about that over the last few months since the crisis of COVID. Tech and data is so important for hospitality owners moving forward. The Restoke team have set out to make sure that your restaurant runs smoother with better operations and an easy-to-use setup and platform that's beneficial for both single-site and multi-location organizations. At the end of the podcast, tune in for a second little bit of this episode and we'll talk about how you can get Restoke in your venue with a special subscription offer. But for now, let's get into the program. Welcome to another Open Pantry podcast, the last podcast of 2020. Snitz is an Australian success story since its founder, Roman, came to Australia in 1974. He has also loved schnitzels and involved in everything in hospitality, opening his first schnitzel venue in Melbourne in 1975. Bring the clock forward to 2007 and his sons, Tom and Andrew, help him establish Snitz as we see it today. With it now spending, spanning over 66 locations all around Australia, today I feel privileged to talk with the brand CEO, Brenton Howie, to talk about the success of Snits. Welcome, Brenton. How are you? I'm very well, Sean, and uh, thanks for having me on. It's nice to be here. Absolute, absolute pleasure. Um, now, Snits is a brand that obviously I've known for um, a very long time. I come from a QSR background, uh, myself, um, largely, unfortunately, bro, with one of your competitors for a, for a long period of time. Um, so this is a this is a really important uh, conversation. I was really looking forward to and and excited that we can make this the last one of twenty twenty. So thanks for coming on the show. Um, do you want to talk about how you started out in your career? Because I know it's a bit different to how you know a lot of guests that I have on the show um do but it's i know it's going to be really really insightful so how did you get started yeah it's a it's a great question i think um you know I, i've i've always worked in food um always had a passion for food mm-hmm. and i think um you know but i've always uh before my experience with schnitz i've worked on the food manufacturing side so you know and i, and I think um you know food food is um something that's at, at my heart and so, making the transition across into a, I guess, a, 
a food retailing business and being able to engage with guests um, and consumers of our food has been it's been a, a fantastic move. We're really enjoying it, mm-hmm. and there's a different energy about it because we serve the food, right? Yes. As opposed to just being in the kitchen making the food that goes to ultimately the you know the schnitzers of the world, if you yes. like. Yes. Yes. Um, so you know my my background though, you know I am I'm a finance trainer and I'm, I'm in, in accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, so stepping across um, into you know my first CEO role of working for the family mm-hmm. um, and um, and bringing, I guess, my passion for food to life has, has been a really fun transition. Um, the, you know, what I also think is that we're very lucky in Australia because we just have an abundance of quality food. Yes. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I want everyone to understand is at the heart of what we do with Schnitz is that we've got to serve quality. You know, mm. people, when they go out and spend their hard-earned, they, they do want to, um, you know, they, they do want to get value for money. So, you know, that quality food and the abundance of quality food in Australia, I think we're so fortunate here. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, for those people who are sort of listening in, you know, America and the UK, as we've got a lot of listenership there, like how would you how would you explain Snitz as a brand for a person who hasn't, you know, hasn't seen it and lived it before? One thing I, I love about Snitz before I even came on board was that it's it's got a unique offering, you know, mm. At, at the centre of what we do is is handcrafted schnitzels, you know, made mm-hmm. the authentic way mm-hmm. um, using traditional methods, you know, um, inspired by Roman mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the family. Um, so, you know, we have a fantastic range of, of, of wraps and rolls um, and, and also plated meals, schnitzels, parmigianas, so, you know, yes. schnitzels with a topping on top um, for those, you know, around the world. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, so it's at the heart of what we do um, mm-hmm. and, and we we make sure that we also, you know, we, we don't have microwaves, we don't deep fry our schnitzels, we, we differentiate ourselves because of the, you know, the discipline we have around the process of making sure that, you know, it's 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 handcrafted. We make every schnitzel to order. Yes. Um, and so we're not pulling out frozen, you know, frozen pre-crumb schnitzels and mm. sticking in the deep fryer. We're actually doing it the, the tried and true way you know, going back to Europe and, and the Bavarian way, if you like, um, yes. you know, back two or 300 years. So, um, you know, that's, that's what makes Schnitz unique. Um, but we're a fast casual offer, which means that, you know, we're not the fastest speed of service, but we pride ourselves on the quality, you know, um, of product that we, and then the generosity of, of, the, of the sizes of our portions as well, really generous. So yeah. when you walk away from Schnitz, you're full of, of good food. Yeah, yes. You know, that's, that's the thing we pride ourselves on. What, what do you think you, the brand has sort of gone down that path of sort of, you know, the, the larger servings and, and, and the feeling full kind of concept? Because when I, sp- when I spoke to Roman the other week, as you know, and I, <laughs> I speak to a lot of founders and, my God, he was like he was so um, impassioned by this brand. Like he just loves what he had created and obviously moved forward with his sons. Like why – why do you think you it has gone down that path of being, you know, no microwaves, you know, handcrafted in store? Like, why has it gone down that path when so easily at 66 sites you could have taken, you know, some shortcuts there? When I first came on board, um, a lot of conversations with the family about, hey, what, why, why did you start this? You know, let, mm. let's go right back to the start and understand what drove Roman to, you know, make, Hang after schnitzels, mm. and um, 
what we landed on, the words we use um, at Schitz are, you know, real food that makes people happy. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's the reason why, you know, we all come to work. That's the emotion, the energy behind it. And the way the, way the family and Roman brought that, you know, desire to life was through handcrafted schnitzels made fresh. Mm. You know, so we, we've become much clearer on why we exist. Yes. Um, and that's trying to tap that passion that you would have seen in Roman mm-hmm. because he is, he's such a passionate guy. You know, the, the t- time has not taken the passion out of that, that man. Yes. Um, and, um, and, you know, the way you hear him talk about a schnitzel and, and indulge me for a minute here, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when I first started and I, I sat down with Roman and said, you talk me through your passion for schnitzel. And he's like, oh, you know, if you if you get a schnitzel done right, it's not oily. If you get a schnitzel done right, the product in the middle, like the protein, whether it's chicken or beef or pork, yep. it's steamed because it's sealed by this beautiful golden crumb. Mm-hmm. And um, and and he he said to me, you know, um, when he was doing a, a lot of schnitzels back in the day, in, you know, the nineteen seventies and eighties in the yes. city. And people lining up and, and wanting his food, um, it didn't leave you feeling heavy. He, he would mm. walk around the restaurant and say, hey, you, you know, yesterday when you ate here, um, were you farting afterwards? What was the <laughs> feedback? Are you, you know, how did it make you feel? Yes. Because food is something that is very personal. You know, you put it into your mouth and it's going to make you feel good. Yes. Um, because if it doesn't make you feel good, you won't come back. Yeah, of course. Um, so... Yeah, so you, you can't take the passion uh, for, for the schnitzel out of out of Roman, that's for sure, and and out of what we're doing at Schnitz. Yeah, it's just exciting. Like I, I, I've always, um, you know, known Schnitz from afar and always experienced it, but I don't, I don't really think I understood it completely until I talked to Roman the other week, and then obviously you after that. Like it's, it's, it's exciting to talk to people who are really passionate about their food brands and aren't just seeing it as a some sort of rollout strategy like there's an actual there's an obvious care that's there with the brand and and um and you know it's fantastic fantastic to see i'll I'll give you one more example Mm. if i if i can sean Mm -hmm. you know when when we you know sat down and did our strategy day just after i first started and yeah we said okay well what's our 10 year you know, what's the, what's the light on a hill that we want to chase? You know, we, at the moment, we probably serve between seven and seven and a half million schnitzels a year to Australians. Wow. Yes. And we said, well, you know, in 10 years, we want to be doing 20 million. Yeah. Know? So you can sort of do the maths of the yep. number of stores and mm-hmm. the general number of schnitzels we sell, etc. Mm-hmm. But the schnitzels, the, the, the schnitzel number is what we sell. We sell schnitzels to people, right? Yes. And um, he said, well, that's nice, and we can sell great schnitzels. But Roman goes, "How are we going to protect the way I believe schnitzels should be done? Because <laughs> if we lose that, mm. then we lose the heart of the brand." Yes. And so what we said is actually, well, a ten-year goal is to serve twenty million schnitzels to Australians, um, um, but also have a, a thousand schnitz masters across our network. So the Love people it. that are cooking the schnitzels every day are passionate about the quality. And the process by which we make the schnitzel, because it's if we do it right, there's nothing better than a, than the schnitzel. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, and the thing that I really um, love about what you're doing is it's obvious you're doing it with heart and you're doing it for the right reasons. Otherwise, you, you know, you quite easily could have had, you know, beyond 150 sites right now, and 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 maybe not have rolled it out as well. So um, it's it's exciting, really exciting to see. Um, the hospitality industry, you know, since um, since the advent of COVID, like, how has that 
affected a brand like Snits because we've talked a lot on the podcast the last the last six months, Brinkton, about you know um, the brands that will survive. You know, this time have actually got a brand; they're not a me too um, provider. Um, they've actually got something we've you know they stand for. Like, how has COVID affected Snits as a brand? Yeah, well, look, I couldn't, um, I couldn't, I can't say it's been an easy year, mm. especially in hospitality. You know, um, you know, being I've been with the business now as a CEO for eighteen months, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 a retail business too. So yes. you know, yeah. when when you're facing lockdowns and shutdowns, um, the reality is that our our industry's hospitality is built on connecting people. Mm. You know, we we want to have people in our in our locations in our stores eating our food. Um, and because our product is made to order, it's best to have the venue. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's it's been um, it's been super challenging. I guess the you know the way we've responded, um, I guess generally is to um, well in terms of the industry, I think we've all pivoted to hey, we've got to make sure that we've got delivery available. Yes. Um, you know, and delivery delivery in many ways is 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 a jaded word in our industry because mm-hmm. you know. There's a there's a natural tension there between, you know, the margins that delivery providers take and and the quality and and, and the in the position that the hospitality venue offers, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, we have to pivot because if we didn't, and we, you know, they've been it's they've they've been business as usual this year. You know, that that's been the the, the mechanism and the channel by which we can get our food to our our guests. Um, and I think if I if I think about um, you know, the other impacts, I think, drive-through, and we don't have a drive-through option, there's drive-through options that have really sort of because people love the security of sitting in their cars, so we didn't have that leeway. Mm. Um, so we had to rely on those delivery partners. You know, I think what also has been interesting in the hospitality industry and to watch how we've all responded is, you know, you saw Maccas come out and say, well, you know what, you can get hand sanitizer and milk at your drive-through yes. now. Yes. So there's been there's been diversification in the industry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and and there's also been increased competition, but it's moved in a different way. So it's like, well, everyone's scrambled to do free delivery and get a yeah. deal with the delivery. So we've we've done all of those things, you know, um, with with probably going in, uh, and look, we probably haven't diversified our products. We stayed pretty true to just what we do, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we've been fortunate that. Um, you know that we have you know managed the COVID year reasonably well and come out in a position now where we can use those delivery partners and keep the brand. We probably wouldn't be seeing you know when people came back into the stores as they have in the last month or so. Yes, we've seen our sales rebound, which has been great. But yeah. it's been a it's been a tough year. Sure. Yeah, I bet. Has it has it made you think about the brand differently? And you know, you touched on you touched on drive throughs there. Obviously, that's something that Snitz hasn't done. Like a lot of your players. Um, don't don't do that as well, but some are some are trying to scale up into into drive through. Is it is it something that the brand you know has thought about or would like to do? Do you think, or you're not really at that stage where you know you want to do that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's um, something that we'll look at in future. You know, as I said, you know, I've really been here for eighteen months, mm. and nine of those months have been you know, in a COVID crisis management yeah. scenario. Absolutely. So, you know, drive-through is something that is definitely, um, you know, on the roadmap. We've got some 
questions and challenges that we've got to get through. As I said earlier, we 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 pride ourselves on being handcrafted, making to order. Now, when you make to order, you can't have someone sitting there cooking for ten minutes and wait for shit. So it doesn't yeah. work. Yes. So the damage that would do to the guest experience is something that we've got to spend time on doing and get right before mm-hmm. we go down. Yeah. It could be quite interesting. Like drive-through is obviously coming through, you know, much much heavier in America, and a lot of players are, you know, doing different things and drive-through in different lanes and stuff like that. I'm curious if someone will do a concept where, um, like QSR brand will do a concept where they, you know, go and do a drive-through and then people sit in their car and then eat the product and they're happy to wait and all that kind of stuff rather than sitting in a venue. Like it's it's going to be quite it's going to be quite interesting yeah. to see how drive-through you know changes the next couple of years. I think. Yeah. yeah, look, I certainly think that customer um, expectations um, and, and behaviours have shifted. You know, mm. I, like if I can stay at home now and watch Netflix and still get my schnitz, albeit <laughs> might not be as warm as what, you know, my chips might not be as good at home, but I'm still yeah. sitting at home. I haven't left. You know, I'm enjoying Netflix with my family. I think there's been a shift in, you know, customer and guest behaviour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you've obviously got a brand which has most of its locations in Victoria, but you do have, you know, you do have a national presence, you know, you've got, you've got um, sites nearly in every single state in Australia. How, as a CEO, how have you been able to manage, you know, the lockdowns in different states and different communications? Like you've got, you know, you've got franchise partners, you know, as well here, like that's, that's another layer of communication you have to do as a brand. Like how have you made sure that, um, You've been able to communicate properly at all times with your with your team. Yeah, first thing we did was establish a group called the Corona Enriching Group, which does sound like a bunch of people sitting on a beach drinking beers. <laughs> um, but we we called it the Corona Enriching Group so that we you know we brought you know some KSL team members, senior leadership team members together with with three or four franchise partners. Yes, and we would meet weekly just to make sure we understood because it's, I think it's very easy for a franchise or um, and, and the owner of the brand just sort of be disconnected sometimes, especially when there's a crisis going on. So it was yeah. really important for us to hear from the franchise partners. Like, so, you know, what's happening in your location? What are other businesses doing? How are you interpreting all of the government, you know, guidance that's coming in? So that we always had that balanced view from what's happening on the ground to the way we're interpreting and giving advice. Yes. So that was, that was really critical in the first stages. Mm-hmm. Um, from a business perspective, you know, um, it, it, and I think other CEOs would say this is that it was all about protecting cash. Yes. If we stopped looking at P and L and profit, and we just purely focused on the, the the various models of scenarios that might transpire with a cash flow, you know, and so that was really important. We did go through a really hard time because before, you know, in obviously in Australia, we've had. Some, Significant, you know, government support through the JobKeeper and the yep. JobKeeper programs. Mm. But before that came, we went well to protect cash flow. We have to just pair right back to non-essential jobs. Yes, and so you know that that really put a knife through our culture because what I started to build over the first nine months was basically cut in half when we had to put you know half of our support office staff. You know, I guess you know. Um, on leave indefinitely. It was a really tough time. Yeah, wow. And um, but I think you know, again, being in Australia, we've been very fortunate that the government has provided those. So as soon as that came along, we were able to give those people some financial relief to make sure they navigated their personal lives. Yes. Um, but and then what what we did is um, once you know we established 
the cash flow scenarios, we then focused right back, and this was all happening like within days yes. at the start because it was a very intense time. Yeah. Um, but we we then set up weekly Zoom meetings for the network. So all mm. the franchisees, all the support office, all of the the company store managers. We've got about you know sixteen or seventeen company owned stores, and and the yep. remainder fifty odd are franchised. But we had you know one weekly Zoom hosted by myself, and we we would go through things like network sales update delivery guidance in terms of turning on third party property, you know, third party um, delivery providers, yep. mm-hmm. um, delivery providers, mm-hmm. COVID rental assistance, you know, the mm. landlords were going, well, wow, people are going to pay, we're well, shutting, what's going to happen? So there's so yeah. much uncertainty, um, you know, HR and workforce planning for all of our franchisees, uh, the royalty relief program, which we rolled out, um, which is just sort of coming to an, an end now after mm. nine months, which we shouldn't expect it would last that long, but it has. Yes. Um, you know, managing wastage in cogs um, with falling volumes um, in store, accessing government, um, you know, systems like the JobKeeper or, you know, payroll tax credits, cash flow boost. This, there was so much to absorb in that time yeah. that we just went, we've got to be weekly and we've got to be rhythmic about how we do this. So they, they don't go two weeks going, oh, what's happening? Yeah. So it brought us, you know, it, Crisis always brings you together, and, and it certainly did that for, for our group. Mm. Um, so, you know, and the other thing that we tried to do, certainly at support office, is just work really hard to understand, you know, interpret the government guidance because yeah. you, know, you talked about us being in Melbourne. When we went into the second lockdown, which was actually much stricter than mm. the first, if I'm honest. Most definitely. Four, and it's like, oh, we've called stalls, you know, Wow, you know what's going to happen? Mm. The Gazette from the government saying this, and the advice from the DHHS, which is the Department of Health, is yes. saying this, and you know, business.gov is saying this, and like, how do we make it mm. work? Mm. So through the shutdown, we we kept all our five of our schools operating through the home. Oh wow! Um, so we managed to have you know our food court stores were trading as dark stores, and right. you know. We, we were challenged, you know, sometimes by the police department, sometimes by local government. And we said, well, hang on, it's conflicting here. We yeah. believe we can trade because we're a cafe or a restaurant. We're not asking people to consume food in the food court. Yep. It's all off premises. So, and we're operating in that space and we're allowed to operate because we're an essential service. Yeah. Um, so we, we did a lot of that in support of our, our franchisees so that, you know, they could keep tra- trading, they could keep their lights on and ultimately keep our brand relevant and for those throughout, you know, that were experiencing a really hard time in, in their homes and being locked down. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you do you think reflecting back in on your time as a as an accountant and being in finance for a long time, do you think that's been, you know, uh, a real blessing during this time of of COVID as a CEO, Brenton? Because like a lot of a lot of food brand CEOs. Um, maybe come down from a different path and don't have nearly the breadth of financial knowledge that you do? Like, do you think that's been, you know, um, has really been a blessing during this time? Yeah. If you ask my head of HR, she would say it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but, but I think what it, I think what it did do is when, when you strip a business back, you know, you've got an offer mm. um, that you want your guests to experience and, and you've got to financially make that work if it's going to be sustainable. Yeah. And, you know, this this COVID year really has been, and I've said it to the network multiple times, this is about getting to the other side. Yes. 
this is not worrying about whether your mix of delivery to in-store sales is helpful or profitable. It's just about getting to the other side. Yes. And when we get to the other side, um, you know, touch wood, we will make it to the other side, which, you know, I'm pleased to say we've, we've navigated reasonably well mm. um, given the circumstances. Um, then we can assess and go, yeah, well, how has the guest, ex- you know, experience changed? What's the change of the marketplace? And let's pivot to that and deal with that when we come. But let's just get through the crisis. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I think being, you know, having a background in finance enabled me to see those numbers and go, sorry, excuse me, stop. That's going to you work can swear it's, it's completely fine. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry to, to your um, to your listeners that don't <laughs> like a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, what about the businesses as a whole? Like, is it mate? Like you when you were listing off like the weekly, you know, the weekly meetings you'd have with your franchise partners and your and your support office team. You know, you were talking a lot of things, different things about ops and and how you're going to you know manage things and how the brand should manage things. Has it has it made, you know, the ops team and how you think about the brand and how it operates um, any different? Like, are there any learnings out of this that you're, you know, you're now starting to do that you weren't doing before the COVID crisis? Well, yeah, one of the things we did, um, and I'm really proud of our team for doing so, is we were able to launch um, a loyalty program. And, mm-hmm. and, and what that does enable us to do is... Um, and I'll, I'll get to the, the point of um, your question in a minute. Mm-hmm. What, what that has to enable us to do is start to understand that guess so much better than we probably did in the past. Yes. And I think one of the things that I've learned, it's not, it, I, I don't think it's radically changed um, the, the fundamentals of what we do. Yes. But it, what it has done is it's made us... Um, realize how important it is to know the guests mm. and how important it is to please our guests and make sure that we're relevant and we're meeting their needs because at the end of the day if you if you're not meeting the needs of your guests you actually become irrelevant yeah 100 um, and so i think that's probably the biggest learning that i've taken out of this time is you know we have to use those delivery platforms to ensure we're relevant we have to pivot and make sure that we um you know and make ourselves available. And what I've been feeling, I guess, and, and what it's solidified in me is that our guests do love our product. Now, yes. it's not as good when you have you know, you're in my local schnitz and, and it's sort of a 45-minute turnaround from order to home. I wasn't able to do that through the schnitz, and, you know, six months ago. But now mm. I have that ability. It's never as – the chips are never as good when I get them 40 minutes than they are when you have them when you're in-store and you're thing with that seasoning and the chips are very good yes um, but it, it's kept us relevant you know and and i think now that we're getting some insights about our guests and, and we can please them and serve them better i think that's the thing that's really going to serve us um in, in the future if i'm honest from yeah i think it's exciting it's exciting to see i think you know some of these amazing brands um, during this time have been so resilient and and so reflective and obviously had such great leadership like yourself brenton that they're just going to get stronger, and especially especially brands that I think are you know have unfortunately had a harder lockdown in Victoria are going to have you know stronger brands coming out of this nationally, which is um, which is a blessing you know because you know a lot of stores have got have got through this positively, which is a only a, only a fantastic thing, obviously. Mm. Um, you know, you're obviously very close to um, to the industry. 
Brenton. Um, what what areas of the hospitality industry do you think are going to be hardest hit? You know, by this crisis. You know, you sit in a in a really big player in QSR. Like, what do you sort of foresee for for other parts of the industry? Mm. Yeah, because I said earlier, you know, the hospitality industry is all about connecting people, and when you're told that you can't go out, <laughs> it's really, really tough. Yes. Yeah, I guess before I sort of dive into um, you know answering the question directly. I think what um, I've been really pleased, you know, there's various models in the hospitality industry and we, mm. we are a franchising model. You know, as I said, 70, 75% of our stores are franchised. Now, they're business owners. Yes. And so we, we rely on, you know, competent business owners to, to run their business as well. Yes, we advise and we support, but at the end of the day, they have to turn up every day. They have to deal with the most on, you know, really hot and, you know, that they've had to, you know, deal with the risk in the, the second wave of I'm with the wrong COVID compliance. And, you know, it's been really, really tough on the franchise business yeah. owners. And But what it's really taught me is that there's a strength in franchising because we actually all shared it together. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure if a lot of people really understand um, that, you know, often... Yes, you might have a Schnitz logo at the front, but it's a local business owner who might live down the street from you. Yeah. That's, that's bringing this great product to the, the community that it serves. And I, and I think that's lost a little bit. So I think, you know, in terms of being hardest hit, I honestly believe that a big part of our success is because we're a franchise system and we've shared the, the pain and we've supported each other and we've pulled together and get through it together. Mm. Um, I honestly don't think we could have had... 90% of our network trade through the whole thing if we didn't have desire and tenacity to keep trading through those really tough times. Absolutely. So, so I think that has really helped us as a, as a brand. Um, mm. In terms of your question around the hardest hit, I think it's the hospitality that there's, there's so many, you know, small cafes and restaurants that are run by passionate foodies yeah. that, that I think has, have really, you know, they didn't have a brand to support them. They didn't have any. Um, you know, they, they were those sort of those corner shop, you know, cafes and, mm. and, and restaurants with people that are still just as passionate about food as what we might be. Yes. Um, but they didn't have the balance sheet strength or they, they didn't have the, the reputation to get them through, so they had to close. And when you ever close a business and you have to open again in 12 weeks time, that's going to hit you financially. And, yes. And so I think to be honest, that's where I see that small local hospitality business, I mm. think they, they will probably be the hardest hit mm-hmm. um, throughout the pandemic and also coming through, I think, you know. Um, but also I think high-end dining because high-end dining is about, you know, transaction value. So we're fortunate that we, you know, you come in, you pick up and you can take it home. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's going to really impact on the high dining part of the industry. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I also think that there's a, going to be a general conservatism with the older population, which mm. may have the, the disposable income for that part of the hospitality industry. Just be more cautious about coming out. Yes. You know, we're seeing a spike at the moment in, in New South Wales. This, this virus, is it doesn't choose, you know. No. It just comes when it comes. Yeah. And yeah. so the day you think about the demographic on the northern beaches in Sydney, they're going to be nervous about coming out for at least the next three or four weeks. Yes. Right? So the high-end dining uh, part of our industry, I think, is going to really you know, suffer. Yeah. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I'm, I'm really glad you pointed to franchising as well as being really, really strong. Like I was a franchise partner for six years in another brand and and the support that you get from being part of a franchise um, when they're as good as brands like Snits is the fact that you just feel like you're part of a family and you feel supported and you feel like, you know, at the end of the day someone's got your back and, you know, um, especially during a crisis when, you know, um, everyone's feeling the same pain, I can imagine that um, that's, that's at most of the time, it's been a really big positive for the brand. So um, I'm really glad you pointed to that, Brenton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm forever grateful for the, the effort that our franchise have all made, our franchisees have all made. You yeah. Know, it, we wouldn't be in this position, um, you know, if we didn't have their support. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. My last question to you as we look to 2021 is what are you looking forward to both from a brand standpoint for 2021 and also for yourself, my friend? Yeah, look, I'm, I think like many, I'll, I'll be pleased to put a full stop on 2020. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I, but I also, you know, as I'm reminded by our gym finance, I, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. You know, we're seeing mm. such... Um, a challenging environment in Europe and, yeah. and the US. And, and I don't think we're out of the woods yet. Mm. You know, we'll start to vaccinate and, and, yes, you know, we'll start to see that herd immunity eventually build. But I think it's another 12 months of of, of living with the COVID normal. Yes. I don't, I don't think that 2021 is going to be the silver bullet and see it to everything mm. um, that we might think it is. You know, it's just another date and we just roll into another year. So I'm quite... You know, I'm, I'm cautious about 2021, um, but I guess, you know, one of the things that I have learned through this period is that, you know, when you do it once, the second time is never, you know, it's never as difficult. And yes. when we did go back into lockdown the second time in Victoria, we sort of just picked up what we'd done the first time and just... Extended it. <laughs> sort of made it Victorian, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, um, and also our, part, our franchise partners and the, and the network, they sort of go, well, okay, we sort of know, we give it back, you know, we match it back for, you know, okay, no in-store, and then when it comes back, we just, you know, we'd all done the work, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, and I, you know, touch wood, I, I really hope that, you know, we can contain this virus and we can, and we're in a very privileged place to, to be in Australia again, as I said, I think we're very, very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think personally, I, I'm I'm looking forward to normality on both fronts. <laughs> if I'm honest, the business front and the personal front. Yes. You know, running running the business from from my study and, and having three kids at home. One of our oldest is in prep. Um, you know, trying to support you know homeschooling as well as juggling things, and my wife's juggling a job, and it's just been one of those years that I don't yeah. think we'll ever ever forget for all the wrong reasons, right? Yes. Um. So you know, personally, I'm just looking forward to life getting back to normal. Um. And then, you know, I've been lucky enough in the last couple of weeks to get on a plane and go to Brisbane yes. um, and get on a plane and go to Adelaide and start to see, you know, look to the future. You know, when you're managing crises, you're, you've got your head down and your bum up and you're just yep. dealing with whatever's coming. Whereas, you know, I really want to want to lift our, our heads up, which we're doing as, a, as an SLT group and going, well, what's 2021 bring? Mm. Really looking forward to starting to grow this brand again, you know, making our handcraft chips are available to more people um, across the country. Um, you know, we've, we've got really big opportunities in, in South East Queensland particularly. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, um, you know, our growth plans are certainly looking to, to that market. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's exciting when you grow. It's really, you know, it's really, although it's been really important to manage a crisis, mm. um, the excitement in our team is all about 2021 and, and how we can grow our brand and start to put stores down and, and get those handcrafted schnitzels to our guests. Yeah. Um, Brenton, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. It's been, uh, uh, it's been really exciting to talk about the brand that I've known for such a long time. And um, and also to be the last the last episode for 2020, so there's a bit of a bit of a bookend to it as well. So I appreciate it. What is um what's the best way that people can find out more about Snits and maybe even connect with you if they'd like to? Yeah, so look, I mean, the best way to connect with our brand now is is through our app. So so download the app. Um, you know, become a loyalty member of our our loyalty program, the Crumb Collective. Um, if you, if you don't have a phone, which I very highly doubt, um, jump onto our website, you know, at schnitz.com.au um, and, and learn all about us. Um, and, you know, and, and from from both perspectives, you know, we, we want to grow again. So if there's, mm. like, you know, if there's people out there that have a, a food passion and they would like to start, um, you know, at, or invest, you know, a schnitz store, we've got opportunities. And, and I'm really, you know, really looking forward to, to building our franchise network and, and, and growing it again. And so, um, yeah, jump on the app, jump on the website and connect with us. Looking forward to it. As always in the show notes of this podcast. So thank you so much, Brenton, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. guys i hope you really enjoyed that episode of the open pantry podcast as always thank you so much for tuning in now as i was hinting at the start of the podcast we were talking about restoke which is a fantastic back of house automation platform based here in melbourne uh just fantastic piece of tech that's been developed uh last year it's all about automating and delegating procedures and compliance Ordering, uh, ordering and inventory management, prep runs, all those things at the back of the house which we don't love to talk about but we know as hospitality owners that are so, so critical to make sure that our venues run successfully. And on top of that, it has a live food costing system which is just fantastic. I've seen it in person. Now, it's all about giving you the time to actually run your business much more effectively and see all these things live in your business when you're not there. So I know that's going to be really critically important as we rebuild this industry. Now, for the Open Pantry listeners, you're actually able to get one month free subscription on top of a normal 14 days trial. So that's about six weeks to use this platform and figure out if you actually like it. I know you actually will. So all you have to do is go to restoke.ai slash the open pantry. So that's R-E-S-T-O-K-E dot A-I slash the open pantry. Super easy. Check it out. Uh, You'll see everything you need to know about the platform itself. Uh, I know you're going to love it. Uh, And let me know what you think as well. Like uh, uh, this is a fantastic product. I don't talk about products very much on the show and uh, and these guys are just uh, amazing what they're doing right now. So that's why I want to support them. So check it out and see what you think and uh, I'll talk to you on the next podcast.